What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 46, season 5. I'm your host, Jim Michael, and I'm joined by Travis Ballinghoff for the episode. Jack is in homeowner bliss tonight, as he had, uh, he's figuring out what's going on with hot water at his brand new home. Congratulations on the home, Jack, yes, but sir. welcome to home ownership. Uh, so it'll be just me and Travis for the evening. Uh, if you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. If you are listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Um, okay, uh, Trav, we had a busy weekend. We had the car show Friday night. Um, went pretty well, I think. I mean, a lot better than I think we imagined it would go. You had fun? I had a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool people. Hopefully, some of you people are watching and listening right now. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was. Um, it went better than I guess I expected. I I wouldn't say that. You know, we went into the car show expecting a lot. Um, but I guess our worst fear was that we were just going to be sitting there hanging out with each other, which <laughs> wouldn't have been that bad at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that at all. You know, a lot of people stopped by and hung out and talked about the Flyers, old and new. Um, young fans, older fans who remember the 60s, 70s. Uh, newer fans, younger fans who wanted to talk about the team today and what things were, were like going forward. Um, so it was cool to, you know, see some new faces, uh, see some old, put names with faces. And hopefully we got a couple new uh, listeners or viewers. Yeah, if, if you're watching right now, leave us a comment. Let us know that we met you. Yeah, please do. That's uh, That was kind of the whole purpose of Friday night, getting out in the town and meeting you fine fol- folks. folks. Um, I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never been to one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I live in Franklinville. We have Franklinville Day, and um, I've been to that when I was a kid, but, like, never went to the Glassboro one, the car show. So I really didn't know what to expect, and I was very happy with the night. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been to a couple and, uh, it's definitely different being on the opposite side. You know, if you're just going to enjoy the night, um, it's different being behind a table or in a booth or whatever you want to call it under a tent. Um, it's busy. (laughs) It's, you don't realize how busy it is out there until, you know, you're out there uh, telling that, trying to tell as many people as possible who you are, what you're there for, you know, trying to get their attention, uh, you know, things like that. But it was uh, a lot of fun to get out there and, and talk to some Flyers fans. Um, so, yeah, uh, Trev, we have some topics. I mean, it's, liter- it's literally that time in the year where <laughs> everyone's on vacation. The, all of the NHL is on vacation. There are, there's no news, um, no signings. Uh, if, you, if you message somebody, they won't be on vacation, but they're, they'll tell you that they're on vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's it's hard to get a guest on this time of year in the NHL. Everyone's getting ready for camp in another week or so. Hey, uh, actually, I actually think a very high majority of the guys are back in town at this point. Yeah, go on. Do you, you want to talk more about that? Um, I don't know if I have too much to add. I, I'm always a fan of the guys who stick <laughs> around all summer long. I, I've just always been like that. It's like, ah, well, I remember a couple of years ago, um, Sam Moran and Carson Torinsky hung out mm-hmm. all summer. 
and neither of them guys really panned out long term. But it's like, okay, this guy, these guys are like really and dedicated and um, really dedicated, and they want to be flyers and NHL regulars. And I don't know. So I, I think um, a couple of guys like York and Forster and Faraby have kind of been around all summer long for the most part. And I don't know. I just I think that's a good thing. I'd like to see that too. And uh, I'm not as big on Instagram and, and Facebook as I may have been when I was younger. But when I am on, I don't even know what if I follow some of these guys on there or not. But if I'm browsing through stories, you know, I see a few of these guys together at least every other day. And that's good. You know, you want to create relationships. You want a close knit team. Um, you know, not so much clicky as we've heard in the past. And hopefully, the uh, you know, these guys are building strong relationships and translates to the ice kind of thing. Um, but yeah, some of these guys have been in the area, I would say majority of, of the summer, a guy like Tyson Forrester comes to mind. Um, Farabee looks like he's been around a lot of the time. Um, so it's good stuff. Cam York, Carter Hart's back in town. Carter Hart's back in town. That's interesting. Um, maybe things are changing on, on that front because season, I mean, training camp is less than a month away here. So I, I don't think anything's going to come out between now and camp. If something comes out during camp, that's that's that would be shocking for me, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out. We didn't really plan on talking about that whole Carter Hart thing. Um, nothing has really changed. I haven't heard anything different. Have you heard anything uh, that we didn't already know before, Trav, that you want to talk no. about on the show? Or Yeah, everything's kind of been the same. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to really – Get crazy there. Um, why don't we talk about some of our topics for the episode? The, this episode is probably not going to be on the longer side tonight, boys and girls. But um, you know, we want to talk some KHL, um, some Flyers prospects over there, and uh, we want to get Travis's side and Travis's opinion on the Flyers decor, like Jack and I talked about last week. Uh, so why don't we open up about that a little bit here, Travis? Are you prepared to talk about the decor? Oh yeah. Always nice. pumped to talk about the decor. Let's get to <laughs> your favorite topic. <laughs> Let's get to it a little bit. So top pairing. Um, I think last week Jack and I agreed. Um, and, and I'd be interested to hear if you know you had anything different on the top pair. I believe Jack and I had Sandheim and Ristolainen. and Sandheim left, Ristolainen and right. Does yours look any different? Well, are we talking about what I think Tortorella is going to do or what I'd like to see Tortorella do? Because that's two different things. Let's talk both. We have time tonight. <laughs> so I, I think that Travis Sanheim will be on the top pair playing with Rasmus Ristolainen. What I would like is to see Cam York on the top pair playing with Rasmus Ristolainen. And some of that is because... um. If you were to write down a checklist of everything the Flyers need to accomplish this year to call it a successful season, um, I would have Cam York's development pretty high up there. And I would also have Travis Sanheim having a bounce back season on the checklist as well. And I think, so this is a bit of a double-edged sword because I, I think Travis Sanheim, I can't see this guy bouncing back if he's playing against other teams, NHL first lines, right? If he's on that top pair, I just don't see it. Um, 
he's struggled mightily last year on the second pair. So, but he has an elevated role and I expect him to get better. I, I don't see that happening now. He probably will have a lesser of a D partner if he's not with Ristolainen. I think we'd agree he was our best defender last year. Um, Risto. Yes, correct. Ristolainen. So that's why I want Cam York playing with him because I think Cam York is – I think Cam York's going to have a big year. And we saw York last year, right? He was on. He was in a lot of different roles. Sometimes he'd be on the top pair um, with an Ivan Provorov playing against other teams' first lines. I thought he played very well. Um, we also saw him on the second pair at times. We saw him on the third pair with Sealer at times. He played a lot of different roles last year. I thought he played them all very well. I would like to see him from the start play on that top pair with Ristolainen, the best defenseman on the team at the moment. Um and see if he can handle it. Um, I do think it's inevitable that's going to happen at some point. I don't think Tortorella is going to start with that, but that's what I would do. Um, so that kind of goes into the second pair, right? Like I would like to see Sanheim on the second pair. I don't think he will. Um, one guy I definitely see on the second pair would be Mark Stahl. Um, he's a Tortorella guy. He was on the second pair with, uh, the Panthers signed there thinking, you know, he's going to be a six or seven there. And I guess he struggled at the beginning of the year. And as time went on, he started to find his game, turn back the clock a little bit because he, a lot of people are like, have been surprised. He's been able to kind of push this career as long as he has, he's kind of struggled the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he had a pretty good second half and going into the playoffs. I thought he had a good playoff run um, playing on their second pair with uh, Montour. And I kind of think Montour and Sanheim have similar games. Um, Montour has a a way better shot than Travis Sanheim does, but I think they play a similar style of game and seeing how Mark Stahl played well last year and, that was by far Brandon Montour's best season he's had in the NHL. That was a breakout for him. Maybe a guy like Sanheim, who I think they play similarly, maybe that unlocks something. I don't know. Um, and also Mark Stahl is a torts guy. And if you remember, Keith Jones called a lot of playoff games for TNT, and he spoke very highly of Mark Stahl quite often. So you kind of already know publicly what Jonesy thinks about him. Um, obviously Torts is going to have final say on the lineups, but he's got a couple guys in his corner. So second pair, I think Mark Stahl, you're going to have him penciled in. That's what I think will happen. Um, and I'd like to see Travis Sanheim on that second pair with him, but I think it'll ultimately be York. So that's interesting because I hadn't thought about really this aspect of it. Um, and I think my, my being so, so down on Sanheim didn't allow me to think this way. Um, I think Jack may have said something similar last week. I think he definitely had stall on the second line, but maybe with Cam York. And I, I assume it would serve the same the same purpose. So, all right, let's say we have York and Ristolainen on the top line, um, which has its pros and cons, in my opinion, uh, at least from my perspective. I don't know if it will happen. I mean, anyone's going to have a tough time. Uh, this year on the on Flyers top pair, um, but 
playing with Mark Stahl for Travis Sanheim, I don't want to – I mean, it, it might be playing like with Justin Braun where you know he's going to be worrying about the defensive side. You know that if you pinch or if you go play a little bit more your style of hockey, which is supposedly offensive for, for Sanheim, that you don't have to worry about, you know, is my is my partner back? Does he have my my back covered here? Can I pinch a little bit? Or do I got to hang back because I don't know what he's doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that allows Sanheim to play his game a little bit more, playing with a guy like Stahl. You know, a veteran presence, knows how to play, knows how to play the defensive side. Um, I think I had mentioned Sean. Is it Matt Walker? I always want to say Sean. <laughs> oh, there we go, Sean. So I, I flipped it this week. So I was right, but I was afraid I was wrong. Uh, okay, Sean Walker. I think I had Sean Walker on my second pair with Cam York. And the only thing that kind of worried me about that is they're, they're sort of the same size and neither are, you know, very big. And I always liked the concept of pairing, you know, a smaller guy with a bigger guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think up top, you have it like that. You have York versus the line in your second pairing. Not that Sanheim is small, but he doesn't necessarily play big. Stahl is a bigger guy. Um, I don't know if he necessarily plays uh, that bigger kind of hockey, but he he plays the defensive side well. So if he needs to put a body or that kind of thing, he he can play physical. Um, That's an interesting second pair. So if you were on the show last week, I think you and Jack might have me convinced that Mark Stahl is (laughs) going to be on the second line. Um, All right. So let's, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to add on your second Mm -hmm. pair, we can move on to the third. Yeah, so third pair, um, that's where I'll go with Nick Sealer and I'll put Sean Walker there as well, which I guess that means none of the kids make the opening night lineup in my eyes. And I really hope Ronnie Adderd comes into camp and has a big camp because I have, I, I don't know, I like that kid. Um, I remember when he was first called up, um, and we were sitting next to each other in the press box and the game might've been against the Rangers. If I'm remembering correctly, hope that's not wrong, but, um, he struggled that first game of the, of his career in the NHL. And, you know, we're not saying he sucks. He's a bust, not none of that, but it's like, Oh, this, this guy's probably not NHL ready yet. That's what I was thinking. And I think he wanted, maybe he played like 12 games or so. And the first six were, like, rough, right? Like, this guy's not NHL ready. And then, like, flip switched, whatever. Um, Yeah, flip. What what is the saying? Switch Switch flipped. flipped. (laughs) Spit it out. Um, Damn, lost my train of thought. But, yeah, the switch switch flipped. And, like, he was really good to end that season. And – I was kind of hoping he would make a run this year and he didn't play many games at all in the NHL. Maybe, maybe two, maybe, um, keep going. I got it. Uh, and yeah, it was two games this year. Good call. Yeah. So he was an AHL all-star, right? He, I don't know if he dominated the AHL, but he, he had a really good, um, showing from everything we've heard and we've read and the, the games we have been able to watch him play. He was really good in the AHL last year. I, I don't know what this guy's ceiling is, if it's second pair, third pair, I don't know. But 
I like this guy's game, and I really hope to see him come through here and at least push someone for a roster spot. So going back to the actual pair, Sealer and Walker. Um, Sean Walker's kind of interesting because um, I guess before he got injured, he was an offensive puck-moving kind of guy, put up some decent offensive numbers in uh, the shortened COVID season. And then he got injured and it's like, ah, this guy, like he can't really like skate and like make offensive plays anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that's why the Kings gave up on him. So I guess you just kind of put him on your third pair for a season and hope he's able to find his game back a little bit. And I don't know, maybe that leads to an extension like you guys talked about last week, or maybe um, you eat some of that money and you flip him at the deadline and you get a pick back for him. I don't know. I, I guess you're just kind of hoping Sean Walker can find his game from a couple of years ago before the injury. Um, so you kind of mentioned with Sanheim, this kind of brought up a thought in my mind. So I'm usually, like you said, play the big guy with the small guy, the offensive guy with the defensive guy. And sometimes I'm like that, but sometimes I don't think it always works. Like I always think ghost played better with a puck mover rather than a bigger defensive defenseman next to him for whatever mm. reason. That's just kind of how I've always saw it. And I wonder if Sandheim's similar because like you go back and you think about the good years he had, right? The the second half of nineteen twenty when he was playing with Phil Myers, who was a big guy, but he could skate like the wind just like Sandheim and um he could make plays and move the puck up the ice and I remember like the second half of 1819 um Provorov really struggled that year but the second half of the season him and Sandheim played together I thought Sandheim had a really good second half that year so maybe Sandheim does play better with some offensive minded puck movers and if Sean Walker is able to get his game back to what it was a couple years ago well maybe that's a fit maybe Sandheim can produce with the offensive puck moving guy next to him. Um, I don't know. The Kings gave up on him and they're like a, I don't know if they're a cup contender, but they're definitely a playoff team on paper and were last year. So I don't think they'd be giving up on him if they thought he was good. Right. So maybe well, the thing never... about that is, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. the thing about that is, I mean, he, so he was injured a, a whole season. He came back last year. He put up okay numbers. And while they might not be popping off the stat sheet, they're decent numbers. And uh, he's he's he can move the puck. He's not necessarily a defensive defenseman. Uh, I'm going to get his uh, scouting report here for you in a sec. But uh, he's a guy I think the Kings had to move. Because you got to remember, like, they are making some pretty weird – like, they traded Dursey for a second-round pick. They had, for whatever reason, they were hell-bent on clearing cap so that they could sign uh, Gavrikov, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Sean Walker, I mean, he was only making 2.6, which is not really expensive if you're a good team. Um, and I, I think he was expendable. Or a good buyer. <laughs> right, right. And so um, he ended up coming back in the prover off the uh, – they don't have a write-up on, on Sean Walker here. It must be because he's a little older. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's – he can move the puck. He's 5'11", 196. He can throw the body a little bit. He's a good guy, to, I think, to have on some of your, 
you know, probably more ideal fit for your bottom pairing, but can flex into your second pair if needed kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so when, when I saw him coming back, I didn't see him necessarily as a cap dump from LA. I'm like, okay. oh, the Flyers can use this guy. Um, especially now, like even if they were good, he would, I, I think he would be a good bottom pair guy. Um, so heading into the season towards the trade deadline, this might be a guy that they can actually get something for. And like, I'm not talking to five, six, seven, like, you know, this, this could be a quality bottom pair guy for a good team or a good seventh guy. If they really, you know, wanted to do that, I'm thinking maybe they get a three or a four kind of deal for mm-hmm. him. Um, but we'll see. I didn't mean to hijack that for, from you there, but no problem at all. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, to kind was, of give my two cents on Sean Walker. It was just like he had major knee surgery, and he's just he's not making as many plays as he used to, at least in my mm-hmm. mind. And you wonder why a, a good Kings team would trade a good player if he's only making two point so million. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Sometimes it just takes a little bit to get your game back after having major surgery. Maybe that's the issue. And yeah. It's just if, taking him a little bit longer, and maybe he could show he can still play. Flyers are in a great position to take yeah. on guys like that, right? And and his situation is perfect. I mean, he's got one year left on his deal. He's 28, right? So he's got a few years left in him. Not that they're going to sign him to a four- or five-year deal. Um, but, you know, his next contract, I don't think he's going to get a huge bump, especially – he's. A lot of these guys, you're going to see a lot of uh, one-year deals, I think, coming up. And Sean Walker's a guy that might come to mind um, unless somebody gives him like a three-, four-year deal for like 2.5 or 3 million, something like that. I don't. Anyways, the point is I don't think his raise is going to be significant. Mm -hmm. So if you do end up keeping him around, maybe he's a guy that you can keep on your bottom pair because I can't see Nick Sealer here past this season. Um, These younger kids are going to need a veteran to pair up with. And uh, who knows? He could be that guy. It's a win-win, in my opinion, acquiring Sean Walker. So it's a good, uh, good pickup for Briere to get him tossed in that deal. And you mentioned Sealer, like that's. I think you just kind of pencil him in on that third pair, at least in my eyes, to start the year. Right? Um, Torts loves him, and he was a pretty good player for the like for he the was. role he played. Yeah, I mean, he was awesome on that third pair, no matter who he played with. Like I. They produced and they produced well. Um, there were a lot of sounded like there was a lot of interest in him at the trade deadline, and uh, Chuck didn't want to move him. He's still here. Danny didn't trade him in the off season. Maybe Danny uses him as his own rental, and or not his own rental, but he waits till the trade deadline to move him. And I don't know. Like you kind of said, I I don't see this guy sticking around for the long term. Um, but I've heard like some really cool stories about him in the locker room. TF with the comment that goal he scored. I was down Florida watching that game. I mean, that was like you could argue goal of the year against Vegas. That was absolutely insane. Who saw that coming? I don't remember. I'll have to get that queued up for next show. The sealer goal. Oh, it was beautiful. Went through the guy's leg, but um, coming down the left wing, but yeah, like. I don't think he's here long term, especially because you have um, a guy I'll mention in a couple of minutes, Amula. Um, you have a guy uh, drawing a blank, Swedish. Andre? Yes, Emil Andre. Um, who are, you know, in a perfect world, both of them guys show that they should be in the lineup. 
and that would probably kick Sealer out. But who knows? That doesn't always happen, right? So yeah, I don't know. I, I would expect Sealer to be traded at the deadline, but to start the season, I think you just pencil him in on that third pair, and he's going to be there most of the year if he's healthy until he's traded, which I think will happen. I've mentioned the past shows, while the Flyers' defense core may not be the most talented, it, they do have some depth as you get towards the bottom of it. And uh, at this point in time, the stage of uh, whatever rebuild you want to call it that they're in, you know, they're, they're looking for their top four. They're, they're, I think the forward group is almost done. You add a center or two there. And the forward group is ready to rock, in my opinion. You know, that's sure they got to see if Coots is healthy, yada, yada. But the pieces are in place. You can see that forward group coming together. Meech Cobb in a couple of years, Gautier after this season, um, things like that. Help is on the way. They already got a bunch of wingers. Whereas the decor, I think there's questions on every pair, on every player, really. Um, and so the, I think it's an ideal situation what they have on their bottom pair. Matt Walker, Nick Sealer can get you through some games. Uh, Mark Stahl's a veteran who can maybe show some of these guys the way. Um, they can move all of Nick Sealer, Mark Stahl, and Sean Walker at the trade deadline uh, for pieces. And we could start to see guys like Zamula, Adderd, uh, Andre, who I mentioned last show is kind of my dark horse. I think we're really going to be impressed with him during camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the roster out of camp, I don't think he's going to stick with the team all year. Kind of one of those guys that comes up, um, maybe plays five to ten games, and then they send them back down with the Phantoms kind of thing. Um, and then I want to see Zamula have a really strong camp. Um, he did look good in spurts when he was called up. I just didn't – I feel like we didn't get an extended look at Zamula. And uh, I, I need to see a longer, more consistent look. Um, and I want to see him, I don't need to see him light up the stat sheet, mm -hmm. but I want to see what purpose he serves on the ice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like when he's called up, what is he called up for? Cause we haven't heard he's got a bomb shot, um, things like that. He's not a top pair D maybe he somehow finds his way onto his second pair, but I see personally, I see Zamula as a bottom pair puck mover, which is fine. You know, you need a puck mover on your third pair. Um, and you mentioned Adderd. I mean, you're not going to find a more confident player. Um, you know, smiling all the time. Big kid. Like, if he hits you, it's going to hurt. Um, <laughs> bomb shot. Uh, the thing about Adderd is, is he's not necessarily a kid anymore. I think he's going to yeah. be 25 coming up this year. And uh, you mentioned he had a hell of a season last year with the Phantoms. Um, I'm going to compare his season to Jeremy Poirier or Poirier. I think it's Poirier. It's French uh, who plays for the Calgary Wranglers is in the Calgary flames farm system. Uh, Poirier was also drafted in the third round in 2020 ha had nine goals, 32 assists for 41 points was a plus 30 uh, eight points in nine playoff games for the Wranglers and was named as an AHL all-star at 21 years old. Now Adder's three years older and Poirier, but he had 12 goals, 20 assists for 32 points uh, in 68 games for the Phantoms last year. What I'm getting at is, you know, he had all-star type numbers for a defenseman in the AHL, Ronnie Adderd, um, 
But I think he's one of those guys where, and I'm not saying time's running out, but we need to see him uh, knock the door down mm-hmm. now. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, I agree. You don't want to kind of see him get shooed in the back door, like, okay, let's see what you got kind of thing. This is your chance. It's We have to call him up because he does not belong in the AHL anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the Flyers defense core, you can make this team. You know, you can you can beat out a Sean Walker. You can beat out a Nick Sealer. Uh, yep. He's a right-hand shot, but you can beat out um, a Mark Stahl. You can. You know, you should, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be watching for Adder this year in camp, and I, I, I'm with you. Like, I want to like this kid a lot because he has the tools to be a really fun player. Mm-hmm. But uh, can he put it together consistently, I think? Uh, and we're going to see. He's going to have to have the opportunity in order for us to see that. So we'll see. He's, but he's got to impress in camp in order to earn the opportunity, you know? Yeah. I wanted to add a little bit to what you were saying about Zamula. Sure. Like, that's a guy I think the clock's ticking because you have other young defensemen. Zamula's been in the organization a while now. Um, on his third GM. The whole <laughs> – right. And the whole thing was, okay, well – this is going to be like a long-term thing, right? He's six five, but one fifty. Like, we got to bulk this kid up. We've been hearing <laughs> it for years, um, and I, like, you remember last year, he had a really good camp and he made the team. He kind of took Cam York's job from him at the start, um, and he had a really good camp and a really good preseason, and it just didn't really translate over to the NHL game. Uh, to the NHL, he had a good game here and there but like consistency was not there with him um and i also think the clock's ticking just because well if you're good if you go to send him down he has to go through waivers now Mm. um and i think he's going to make i i wouldn't be surprised if he makes the team just because um well you you know you're a young rebuilding team you're not going to make the playoffs like What's the point of losing a guy on waivers Good um, for nothing in a, in a losing season like this, unless you just completely give up on them. Um, so like we start out West, most teams keep seven, sometimes eight, but you know, most teams keep seven D. So I think he'll make the team as the seventh defenseman, unless he does have a really bad camp. Um, but that that's the guy who the clock's ticking on because there's other D prospects who are ready to maybe lap him in or uh, take his spot in the depth chart, um, at least as the seventh guy. And like you said, he's got to get an opportunity, but he also has to show um, why he deserves an opportunity. Um, clock's ticking on him, like you said. Like is is this guy going to be a second pair guy? I don't know. Like he was he was on the Phantoms top pair for a lot of the season, and he did really well. Um, like I, I don't think he'll be a top pair guy. I don't know where I was going with that, but like yes, can you be a third pair puck mover? Like that's if if that's that. what he yeah if that's what he turns into, and it's a a good third pairing puck mover. Like I'm totally okay with that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And and if you look at his numbers, his numbers are solid. They're not – they don't jump off the page at you. Like, Adder's kind of – like, you see 12 goals in the AHL as a defenseman. That's pretty good. 
Uh, you look at Zamula's numbers, yeah, yeah, they're not. I mean, nine, 18 assists in 44 games, four assists in 14 games with the Flyers. Not terrible, you know, um, but they don't jump off the page at you. You know, we were preached uh, puck moving D. I mean, this guy had 56 points in 61 games with the Calgary Hitman, uh, Hitman in 2018-19 season. Uh, in 61 games, and we were all kind of, you know, all the prospect guys were pumping his tires. Oh, my God, this and that. It's like, well, wait a second. This guy was undrafted. You yeah. know, let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Why didn't why didn't 30-plus 30, uh, 30 NHL teams draft this guy in seven rounds, you know? Um, so I, my expectations for Zamula were always kind of, yeah. I don't want to say uh, non-existent, but it was like, well, I'm not going to get excited for Zamula. We saw what happened with Myers. There's a reason why. You know, he went undrafted, but we'll see. Let's hope for the best. A couple comments here. TF, don't forget, Adder made the USA World Championship World Championship team and scored a goal in four games. Plus, he was a really good player in college. Yeah, I really like Adder, man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a guy you want on your team, I think. This is a comment from Jared Phillips. Jared, I don't remember seeing Jared's name before here in here. Uh, do you, Trev? I do not. We have a new uh, viewer, listener. Jared, thanks for hanging out. Jared comments they'll carry 8D and send down a forward like Allison or Lazinski. So, uh, again, I think an issue with that is Allison and Lazinski both have one-way deals this year, I think. So if they are sent down, they would have to go through the same process as Zamula, no? Um, not necessarily. That doesn't come down to one-way, two-way. Um, I, It's different with every player. It comes down to when... You sign your entry level deal and how old you are when you sign that deal. I think the rule's kind of different with everyone, but um yeah. Uh, not... if, if you can send then that then go for it. That's that's even better. Another comment from Jared here. Yeah, added is a good player and will make it tough on Andre. Let I mean that let's hope. Because you want you want you want a team to be tough to make. You know, you yeah. want competition for positions and whatnot so to, i see that as a good thing um trav we're about 34 minutes into this episode why don't we get to our main segment of the show and it is called the <laughs> i saw your face you're waiting for it the khl update <laughs> so we have a new segment since you know there's no hockey right now and we're going to be watching the khl uh for the foreseeable future we have a new segment called the the KHL update. And just in case you didn't hear it the first time, <laughs> I'm not going to wear it out. Uh, or I might. Anyway, so Flyers have some Russian prospects. We were just talking about Igor Zamula, Russian. Uh, they have a couple, um, actually a, a, a bunch of Russian prospects playing in the KHL uh, as we speak. Um, some good news to report, some bad news to report, and some here we go news to report. So let's get to the good news first. Alexei Kolosov, uh, in his first game of the season. <laughs> I'll take credit for that. Uh, a 7-0 shutout for Dynamo Minsk for Alexei Kolosov. And he has been sort of dubbed by our buddy Dan Silver as the, the goalie. If the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup in the future, Dan is on record as saying that Kolosov will be the goalie that Wins them the cup. And so a shutout in his first game with Minsk. I uh, thought it was interesting. The team that they beat, uh, they came out and put on their Twitter that they will be refunding everybody's ticket 
and everybody will get a free ticket for the second game of the season. So I'm not sure if they beat a good team or not. Anyways, a shutout is a shutout. Trav, thoughts on a, a shutout for Alexei Kolosov? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Dan Silver, who's been on the show before, very high on him. Um, I've never really seen the guy play outside of just the the highlights that you see on Twitter, but you read scouting reports, and <laughs> people really like this guy, and you didn't really hear much about him this offseason. Maybe that's because the Flyers drafted so many goalies and you saw – um, what Arison did in the NHL last year looked good that this guy's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. And I don't know, like you, like I kind of mentioned, you read scouting reports and people are really high on this guy. So I don't know. I, I like, I like that. Uh, he's getting shutouts in the KHL. Sounds good to me. This is a 26 save shutout for Kolosov and a former third round pick 78th overall in 2021 by the Philadelphia Flyers. He is 21 years old, will turn 22 in January. So, you know, pretty much he's still he's still a young kid. This is his fourth season with uh, Dynamo Minsk, now in the KHL. It'll be interesting because uh, we don't know what's going on with Carter Hart and what his future might be. We know that they signed Sam Erson to a two-year contra- uh, contract extension that'll kick in beginning of next season um so who knows is the flyers goalie position in flux i believe they they did sign kolosov to a three-year entry-level deal didn't they yep over the summer so hey interesting stuff there uh they might have a few goalies on their hands uh chuck goalie factory (laughs) thank you chuck (laughs) you did something right um okay let's move on so the bad news i guess our buddy, good old buddy Ivan Fedotov, is playing in games in the KHL and is off to a rough start, unfortunately. I mean, this guy went through some some shit the last year or so, uh, to say the least. And, you know, over the summer, we heard reports that he wasn't necessarily back to playing shape, uh, at least not KHL or you know, hockey playing shape. He plays some hockey in the military, but he wasn't necessarily training to play hockey. He was training to be in the military, which is a little different. So the focus is off his first game with CS- CSK Moscow. Uh, they he gave up five goal, excuse me, five goals in a loss. Uh, don't know who they played, but uh, they're supposed to be better than that. And giving up five goals is not great for any goalie, Trev. Yeah. So, um, He's been pretty much moved to backup. I saw he's been the backup goalie the last two days. Mm. But since he's been on the bench and on the lineup card, um, the, um, you know, the IIHF and the suspension, um, they're still finding the team or whatever. So they're still getting in trouble for putting this guy in the, in the lineup. Um, I don't know what a, what a weird situation this has been. I didn't think it would come to this where, okay, they're just not going to honor the suspension. Like I actually did think they were going to make him sit out and play. And I mean, not sit out, uh, just sit out, go home, work out, whatever, get in shape, whatever the case may be, maybe loan them to the flyers. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I, I didn't think this is what it was going to come to. So I guess they're just saying F it and, we don't care about this stupid suspension. Um, 
you're our, you're all ours. We're not going to give you up. I don't so know. So here's what something to keep in mind. Situation. Because I, I always had the idea that there was some spite in all this, and there are there's a lot of sanctions against Russia and and Russia's and Russia's sport. You know, with the Olympic suspension, international suspension. For some reason, you know, like Russian national teams aren't allowed to play in international competition. Um, uh, these, I think, if there's rush, if there's tournaments like in in Europe and whatnot, the KHL teams are banned and things like that. Russian players are not allowed to play. So, in some ways, I, I see what they're doing as you know we're. I think Anthony Chapman, one of our writers, actually said it best. It's kind of like you're already punished, and now you're you know you're being told to go to your room. It's like, well, I'm already punished. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mine as well. Tack it on. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there. So this, if I, if you're the Flyers, all you can do is play things by the book. Do that. Do things the right way. Don't get nasty yet. You know, I mean, what's right is right. And uh, that that's all you can do, in my opinion. Do the right things. The real prize over there is Michkov. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you don't want to do anything nuts yet. You know, keep the nuts stuff in your back pocket. Yeah. For when you need, when you need to use it. Do things the right way. Hope that it works out for Fedotov. But... Let's face it; like he's probably not coming over. However, we are ob- we're obligated to update you on what's going on. How's he doing over there? And not off to a great start in for in the KHL this year. All right. So the big news, obviously, it's the title of our episode. Michkov has been healthy scratched the first two games of the KHL season for St. Petersburg. Trav. Yeah, I mean another kind of crazy situation in the I guess like just none of us thought this would be a possibility because of you know he's this uh he was the second best player in the draft went seventh overall he's this great generational prospect you know we got the golden child oh well why the heck's he scratched in the KHL and I don't I don't know if anyone's come out and said why officially um if they have, it hasn't been translated to English and popped up on my Twitter timeline yet. Um, but I don't know. Is is the coach and him not seeing eye to eye? I think he was actually healthy scratched at times last year, and he was loaned to a different club. Um, so maybe we could have seen this coming. I don't know. I just think we were all in the honeymoon phase, and holy crap, we just got this amazing prospect, myself included. I am jacked up we got this guy, but – I don't know. It's it's not a great thing that he's <laughs> scratched in the KHL. In a perfect world, he's playing on that top line right wing, and we're seeing him score a couple of Michigans, and his highlights are flooded on our timeline. It it it's not great. I'd rather him play or get loaned. It he needs to develop, right? But yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a long three years of dealing with this kid in Russia, and we're going to be overreacting to everything. Maybe we're overreacting right now. Maybe it's warranted. I don't know. So that's that's kind of the thing. So I know we made it the title of our episode, and yes, we want people to watch. So we have to come up with titles that kind of pull you in a little bit. <laughs> um, 
But one thing I'm not going to feed into is the chaos on Twitter. Oh, my God, he's playing. Oh, my God, he's playing. Everything's fine again. Oh, my God, he's scratched again. Go back and look at you know, his last couple seasons in the KHL. Hasn't played a full season yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he spent uh, some time in the VHL, which I assume is the KHL minor league uh, last year and played well down there. But for St. Petersburg, he's only played, he only played three games with them last season. He played 13 games with them in 21, 22 and played majority of his season with Sochi, uh, Sochi, Sochi. I think it's Sochi, uh, 27 games in the KHL last season. Uh, seven points in five playoff games for a team called Capitan Stupino in the MHL. So he was kind of all over last season. There's no reason to overreact that he's not in the lineup. Okay. Um, he's 18 years old. It looks like they're playing the vets. I was mm-hmm. watching a game today, which was played yesterday. All right, Trev. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this team has guys like. Brandon Leipzig in the lineup, Alex Galchenyuk, um, even Demidov, who's a you know future top three pick in next year's NHL draft. Mm-hmm. I think they had him playing on the fourth line, and he's not playing a lot of minutes. So, I mean, think about what they're doing over here in the NHL. They're not giving 18-year-old kids. I mean, look at the LA Kings. like Guys like Byfield and um, Rasmus Kupari started out on the bottom six, not getting a lot of minutes. Toward the, towards the end of the year, only, you know, Byfield started getting time on the top line. Uh, former second overall pick. I mean, he's still, I think, 20, 20 years old, 19 years old. Um, so, so yeah. I, honestly, sometimes I look at it as almost like a positive. Well, at least, at least he's not getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> if, he's not, if he's not playing, he's not getting hurt. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of. That's kind of my take on it. I'm not going to overreact. Uh, if you guys want to overreact and, you know, talk about it in the comments, uh, go for it. Maybe yeah, let us know being, what you think. Yeah, maybe we're being too uh, too chill about it. Yeah. Um, let us know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, they drafted the right player. I'll never I think change if, my mind. If this carries on and he doesn't get loaned, then I'll start getting a little worried about it because this kid needs to develop. Like you said, he's 18. Like He, he needs to play. These are valuable developmental uh, years. But, yeah, I mean, these scratched – two games it sounds like he's going to be in the lineup the next game hopefully that's true um but if this does carry on then it's like okay well uh, maybe we do need to start getting worried yeah and uh i can i could tell you that i probably won't be worried uh i, I don't know i'm just not going to worry about it you know oh here we go from zach <laughs> meets calls the ball Never should have drafted him. We all knew this would happen. Yeah, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be a perfect world even after they trade drafted him. him. Trade him. Um, yeah, trade him. I actually had somebody text me in a fantasy chat last night. Would you trade Kopitar for Michkov? And obviously a lot of factors go into it, but it's an interesting proposal, wow, isn't it? Yeah. Depends where your team is. In a, in their re- it's a dynasty league, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michkov won't. What's your yeah. trade calculator say? <laughs> I didn't plug that in. <laughs> I don't. I can't find a trade calculator for NHL. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't live and die by the trade calculator. I just use it as. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. When somebody when when your boy sends, uh, I don't even remember what the <laughs> trade was, but I'm like, dude, 
you, you can leverage the trade calculator. Like, hey, I just plugged this in. This is how ridiculous your trade offer is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not even close. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting trade yeah, that, proposal. I mean, I, if, if I was going for it, I would lean towards making that trade. You know, but if uh -huh. you're kind of sitting back and you can afford to wait for Meech Cobb to come over, then uh, yeah. Like, for example, uh, we had a <laughs> dynasty draft last night. Obviously, Bedard went first. Jack drafted Bedard. Um, second, I had the third overall pick. I was hoping that Meechkoff went second because I wanted Fantilli. Oh. Yeah, because he's going to, he's, I'll, I'll be able to use him. Yeah. Now and in the next three, four years because we have to, these guys uh, get four year contracts, yada, yada. I didn't want to wait to use Meechkoff, you know? Mm -hmm. So got my guy in Fantilli. Um, so, yeah, that's that. All right. Anything we didn't cover before we get to uh, the Jersey winner, Trev? <laughs> I, I like Zach's comment. You didn't use Chuck's app. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> JVR's worth a second-round pick. Should have tweeted the name of that. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Free advertising, man. So we did take a video. I didn't, I didn't upload the video. I actually completely forgot about it until just now. But we did the Jersey raffle winner. Uh, during the car show, we had a massive crowd awaiting the winner. Um, and yeah, so we, we did the reveal and DOI pod is the Jersey winner. If you're whoop, watching, whoop. you send us a DM with your information. We'll get that Jersey out to you. It was pretty cool. We had a lot of people come through what we, um, we actually did during the car show. We, we were selling raffle tickets a dollar a piece. So, um, yeah, if you guys, retweeted if you you know subscribed to our uh apple spotify youtube thanks so much uh we're gonna have some great content for you guys this year um if you went through the venmo thank you for you know participating um we're gonna use any money that we've made to you know give you guys better content we want to do more of these uh more of these car show type things where we can get out and, and meet you guys and you know things like that so we we appreciate everyone who participated we'll do another one soon don't worry uh, we have, uh, I would say, a handful of jerseys we can give away this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, don't be discouraged. We'll have more opportunities for you guys to win. Uh, and congratulations to our winner. Anything that we left out that you wanted to touch on in tonight's episode, uh, Trav? I know we. I won. got one more thing. Yeah, cool. Some news came out last week about one of my favorite players ever. Give me one sec here. Bad radio. Sheridev. My guy, Nick Sheridev, signed in the IHL, the Italian Hockey League. <laughs> Sounds right up your alley, but, I mean, dude, the hands this guy had. It's crazy that he's still playing. Um, and I guess it's kind of, you know, it's the IHL. It's the Italian Hockey League. It's not a major Say American Hockey League. Say something about the Italians. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not a major hockey league. It's not like the AHL or the KHL. I think it's the second division, so. He's 38. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild. He's still playing, and he's not putting up a ton of stats, but you know that man still got silky hands. He was playing in the KHL up until 2017-18. And then he uh, looks like he was out of. Yeah, he was he out for years. For, yeah. And then he made a comeback, was it last year or two years ago? 21-22. Yep. And then. He's still kicking, baby. 
22, 23. So he didn't he took off a year and now he's coming back. He just can't stay away. He's addicted. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> Either that or he's hurting for money. One one or the other, but <laughs> good for him. Yeah, I mean you get to live in uh, in Italy, play hockey. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff to do over there. Eat. Yeah, I freaking live in the dream. I loved that guy. And I know um he played here the one year and Mike Richards um he used to tell nasty all the time, like, dude, this guy's sick. Like, I wish I played on this guy's line every night. And Richie really, I think Richie said he was the uh, most skilled player he ever played with. And I mean, Richie played with Drew Doughty, Andre Kopitar, Claude Giroux, Jeff Carter. I mean, Richie played with some studs and he says Jared is the most skilled guy he ever played with. That's pretty impressive. It is. And I'm looking at his stats and he had his worst season in the NHL with the Flyers. Well, it really didn't even have a bad year, wasn't it? Like sixteen goals in like yes. fifty games. Mm-hmm. La- wow. Lavi didn't like him, and you can kind of see by his numbers and the way the Flyers used him. But I'm looking at New- uh, with New York, fifty-eight mm-hmm. points, twenty-three goals. Columbus, he spent a couple years there, twenty-six goals, at sixty-one points. Uh, he had a thirty-two point season, but before that, he had a fifty-four point season, twenty-seven goals. And this guy should have should have been a consistent twenty goal, twenty-five goal, sixty-point guy. You know, at least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like I guess La- after Lavi, he said, "Fuck off, I'm I'm going back to Russia." Right. I mean, there, how many games would he just play on the fourth line with Pow and Betts and Shelley? And it's like, right. I mean, come on. Meanwhile, you got Carbomb and Andreas Nodal on the top line with Mike Richards. Like Lavi, but bump him up, <laughs> put him yeah. on the top line with Richie and Richard. Richards could have helped out with some of Jardev's defensive lapses. Richards could have helped anybody. Oh, my God, yeah. We were talking about him the other night, man. What a player. The GOAT. Yeah, it's a shame. Every time we bring him up, it's like the opposite of what bringing up Sanheim does. It's like, man, I missed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jareda, that year, um, he led the NHL in goals per 60 minutes. So when when he did get the ice time, because, you know, every now and then he'd move up. Like, I remember in the playoffs. Remember that was like the year JVR went crazy in the playoffs? Jaredev was on that line with mm. JVR and G. Wow. Could have did that, was, that, did that all heaven year. Had for Giroux. Yep. Every now and then they'd bump him up, but uh, what could have, what could have been? I remember uh, when I they, him. when did they sign him or they, they signed him, right? They didn't trade for yeah. him. Yep. I remember when they signed him, I was like, Ooh, this guy could be really good for them. And just like, you, like you played him for them Giroux. one year and you never heard from him again. Yeah, him and Giroux were nasty in the preseason. It's like, holy crap, we just stole this guy for nothing and yep. got in the doghouse pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was part of the uh, Dry Island crowd. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that uh, will do it for this episode. Um, one last time, give us a subscribe and a follow. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Set alerts for weekly shows and favorite hoo.be forward slash hwhockey or head to hwhockey.net for all of our latest episodes and articles. As always, thank you for hanging out. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Peace.